0: you're always reinventing your practice. You're incorporating new ideas. You're narrowing your focus. You're updating your client experience process. You're essentially always getting better and better. But how do you communicate that to clients? And you know the ones I'm talking about, not the clients you just acquired and you've put them through your new process and razzle dazzled them. We're talking about the clients that you've had for years and years that need to be sort of reintroduced to how you do business now and the practice that you have evolved into. So in today's episode, we're gonna dive into what I'm calling the re-onboarding experience and how to execute this in a way that feels natural and not awkward to you or your clients. So we're gonna talk about when it makes sense to do a re-onboarding, how to introduce it in a way that makes sense, What's included in a re onboarding process? I'll give you some examples of language that just works and really how to drive behavior change on your client's end to sort of match the new vibe that you've got going on in your business. So even if you are kind of thinking, you know what, Libby, I don't know that I've really adjusted that much hear me out and still listen to this week's episode because I think you might realize that a re-onboarding experience might do more for you than maybe initially meets the eye. So let's dive in. And hey, if you're new here, I know you are listening because you know it's possible to have energy left over for your family and still run that dream business. And you know the business that I'm talking about, the one that you are running instead of it running you. So welcome to The Efficient Advisor. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Libby Grywe and I started, built, and sold by age 37, a 100% referral only planning practice that I grew to seven figures as a solo advisor all while working just three days a week and taking off 14 weeks a year to lean into being a mom, a wife, a friend, a sister, a daughter, and frankly, a travel obsessed human. So I'm here just to walk alongside you and to show you how to do exactly the same and really to help you just take immediate action on the most important strategies for scaling organizing, and creating less stress and overwhelm in your business. We are about to transform your practice. So move over exhaustion, move over advisor ADD. It is time to take that one right next step to build a business and a life that you love. Okay, so let's get into this. And if you're wondering like, okay, we're talking about re-onboarding, Libby. What is regular onboarding? You'll want to check out episode number 44 of the Efficient Advisor podcast where we talk about the first 100 days of your client's experience with you and how to onboard or create an onboarding process that fosters both the you know the kind of the business to client relationship but then also really establishes the human to human connection that makes you this indispensable advisor. So essentially, like onboarding is how you set expectations for how you and the client will engage, how they will interact with you and your team, what to expect, what to not expect, what you do, how you do it, and when you do it. Pretty much all the things. You're essentially getting them set up to do business with you and your team seamlessly. But because I know you're an advisor that cares... And I know you're an advisor that cares because you're listening to this podcast. So that alone puts you in the top whatever percentage of advisors that are constantly evolving and constantly working on their practice. So yay you. And you, because you're you, you're always improving, right? We're getting more designations. We're improving our client experience. We are streamlining and strengthening your planning process. Maybe you're changing or enhancing your product offering, Maybe you've bought a practice and you're you know looping that into your existing your existing business. Maybe you're hiring more people, maybe you're diving into a new niche. Maybe you're changing the culture of your business. So something like, oh, I don't know, like moving to virtual or maybe you're closing the office now on Fridays. You know, and every advisor has this experience at some point, right? They are onboarding new clients in a way that is just so amazing and they're creating this onboarding process for their practice. And then you have that moment where you realize that your older clients, and I don't mean age-wise, I mean tenure-wise, but like you've had these clients for a while that maybe need to go through this process too. So maybe it's been a while and you've changed one or all of the things that I just mentioned, right? And you know that you need to establish a new way of doing business with your existing clients so that's kind of the idea behind this re-onboarding and as you're doing your year-end business planning or you're getting you know kind of all vibed up for the new year this might be something that you want to incorporate into your 2023 plan so this episode was actually inspired by one of my coaching advisors and she's going through some just major changes in her practice and basically some things happened to where she's now running a much bigger book from another advisor. And she's really just wanting to realign everything and just get everything in her business under control. So this includes, she added more teammates to help her handle the higher volume. Um, she decided to close the office on Fridays just to give everyone her on her team a breather, you know, including herself. And they're just changing their process. And you know, I can remember doing this when I noticed that clients didn't really recognize or know the scope of what we did anymore. Um, so for example, like when we started charging for planning or, you know, I can remember having that experience with a client one time and they came in and they're like, oh my gosh, we um, were so glad we bought long-term care insurance. So between the last time we saw you and this time we bought long-term care insurance. And I just remember being like, oh. I don't even think they knew that we did it. And I, you know, I was like, "Oh, well that's so interesting. You know, did you know that we offer long-term care?" And they were like, "What? We didn't know you did that." And it was one of those aha moments for me as a business owner, you know, reminding me that just because I told a client once, maybe 7 years ago, "Hey, here's all of the stuff that we do for you," that it's actually on me, it's part of my job to make sure that they are aware of all of the things that we do and how we do it. And not only like as the practice evolves and changes, do I want to make sure that they're up to speed and knowing kind of like our new level of awesome, right? But at a minimum, reminding them of, hey, like these things maybe weren't in scope for your planning. Seven years ago when we started But now they are, right? Like knowing that somebody ran out and bought long term care insurance from somebody else. And by the way, it was a super subpar policy. You know, just knowing that that happened because I failed to remind them consistently of all of the things that we did and all of the services and offerings that we provided. So for me, this idea of onboarding can be you know, built upon a couple of different reasons, right? The precipice might be different, but the idea is really pretty much the same. So as you're modifying your practice, we're wanting to do a re-onboarding with existing clients. And we want to do it in a way that makes sense. So what this advisor and I were chatting about in her coaching session was, well, what if instead of doing a theme for the first quarter, Or really, what if for the entire year, we just added to your agenda a re-onboarding? And we just made that part of your process this year that literally every single client that comes into the office goes through this process. And what is included in this re-onboarding for her was just like a welcome packet, like you would give to a new client. And just kind of redoing some of that language with existing clients saying, Hey, like, I know it's been a long time since we've kind of gone through all of this. And I just wanted to take an opportunity to share with you some of the evolution of our practice and things that we're doing that might vary slightly from when you started with us, you know, seven or eight years ago. And just kind of launching into, Hey, here's what you can expect to work with us. And if you go back to that episode number 44, we talk about. Building out and expectations of our engagement of, hey, like this is the type of work that we do. Here's how we get compensated for it. Here's what you can expect working with our team. You know, we've grown, we've expanded. You might be speaking with, you know, for in me, in my office, it was Lori, my director of operations. You might be talking to Lori more and more and more than you are talking to me. And here's why. And here, you know, and always coming from it, you know, always coming at it from an angle of if I were sitting, on the opposite side of the table in my client's chair, how would I want this to feel for me? And not to come across as like, oh, well, Libby has gotten too big for her britches, so she doesn't have time to call us back anymore. More of a, and I gave a lot of language in that episode, but more of a, you know, hey, as we've grown, I have found that I am in meetings pretty much all day, and you are gonna get a much faster response if you email our team email instead of emailing me directly. Or if you call in, Lori is perfectly capable of handling the vast majority of your needs, um, and, and it's more timely for you, right? What's the benefit to the client? It's more timely for them to work with her because I might not get to their question until the end of the day, and by then the market's closed, or whatever it is. But really just stepping back and saying, hey, here's how we're gonna work together, here's all of the things that we're doing, for me in our onboarding or our re-onboarding, it was just making sure like all those little details were tied up, right? That we've got the right banking on file, that all of the beneficiaries are updated, that we've got all the details for, I don't know, their estate plan. Do we need to have a copy of their signature on file? Do they have their, you know, third-party contacts updated? Like what are all of the things that help them do business with us more smoothly? mostly things that we've learned from experience of like hey these are things that tripped us up in the past. So I can remember getting phone calls from clients and they're wanting to check on their I don't know their spouse's policy and it's like oh man we actually don't have the, the right third party authorization on file or the one that we have on file is outdated so now I can't answer that question for the client and instead of being able to just give them what it is that they're looking for We have to say no, and I hated, 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 hated saying no to clients pretty much ever. And then we're like, oh, well, in order for us to give you that information, either Jim has to call us and give us his permission, or we're going to send you a new form in the mail, and you'll have to fill that out and send that back to us. Instead, this is a great opportunity to just kind of go back and do all that housekeeping to make sure that you've got everything that you need to do to do business with them. And you know, if we're trying to drive a behavior change on our client end, so let's say, for example, um, so in the case of this advisor, you know, she's wanting to close the office on Fridays now, and so we just spent some time drafting language of like, hey, here's a great way to explain that to your clients, um, and again, how do we make it about them? We, you know, we can articulate like, hey. We work really long hours during the week, so we are now going to be closed on Fridays. This will be our day to recover, do all of the things that we need to do for our family, and really, frankly, I want to make sure that my team doesn't burn out. I want to be an advisor that serves you for the next several decades, and I want my team to be consistent and to be here, and we... You know, we felt it best to close the office on Fridays. So everybody had a day to recover. Um, And we were just kind of working through some language. And do you really have to explain yourself? No, you really don't. You can just say, hey, our office is going to be closed on Fridays from here moving forward. Um, But if you still feel obligated, I don't know, that's one of my personality traits or flaws, however you're looking at it, is I always feel like I have to explain myself, right? And so for me, it was like, okay, well, how can I say this in a way that's good for the client? Well, the reason that we aren't going to work on Fridays is because I do work one evening a week to accommodate people who have difficult work schedules. And because we're working evenings and long hours during the week, we take that Friday off so that everybody in our office has a day to go be mom or go be dad and get all the errands done and all of the things so that we can be really fully present with our families over the weekends. So I hope you can appreciate that that's really critically important to us and that's going to help prevent us from burning out, right? I want to be here to serve you for a very, very, very long time. And I want to have a consistent team to help me do that. So something along those lines might be some language that works for you. But if we're trying to drive behavior, so I'm thinking of a couple other examples of when we switched from, and you're going to laugh when you listen to this, but remember, I've been doing this a very long time. But when we switched from highly paper intensive appointments to digital appointments. And I don't mean virtual, we did do virtual. And this could be the kind of the same thing when you're switching from, you know, in-person to virtual, which everybody was kind of thrust into that a couple of years ago. But we used to give a lot of paper in our meetings and we started switching to a digital format where we had like a prepared presentation that had all of the documents and, you know, we were just kind of getting clients used to it, right? And it was kind of part of this regular or irregular re-onboarding if you will, where we're saying, hey, here's what we're gonna be doing moving forward. We found that we give a lot of paper and we're killing lots of little trees and we're just giving you a lot of stuff that's just cluttering up your file cabinets. And frankly, we know you're not really doing anything with it. And we know that because you're showing up at our shredding events a few years later with all of the crap that we have printed off and given to you over the last decade. You know, so we're switching to these digital appointments and here's why we're doing that. And here's how that will benefit you. And here's like if you if there's anything that you see that you want, just let us know and we're happy to print it to you, we're happy to send it to you. But like really, if you're just trying to drive behavior change, whether that's we're working now from a team email as opposed to emailing me, whether that's we're taking off on Fridays and we're trying to change the behavior of expecting a return or an immediate response on a Friday or we're trying to help them get accustomed or accommodated to a new meeting format. There's also these behavior behavior changes that we're trying to do and that we're trying to execute. And this is a great reason to re-onboard. And then, of course, like I talked about at the top of the episode, it's a great opportunity to just remind clients like, hey, here's all of the things that have changed and here's how we're doing business now. And, you know, back when you started with me, maybe we didn't charge or... You know, now we're charging for new people and you're grandfathered in and oh, by the way, we've added, I don't know, we've added estate planning services or we've added a expert to the team that does college FAFSA planning or, you know, we've created a partnership with the CPA in the office next door and we're now aiding in tax preparation. Whatever it is, this is a great opportunity. A re-onboarding experience is a great opportunity for you to kind of peel back And re articulate your value to these clients and to not, maybe not re articulate, but to newly articulate a lot of the changes and a lot of the evolution of your practice and really give them an opportunity to be excited for you and to be excited for themselves, right? Like, oh, wow, hey, we have this advisor who's going out and getting all these designations and doing all of these really cool things. And it makes sense for us to periodically go back and do all of these housekeeping things, right? And again, we we assume, I said this earlier too, but we assume like, oh, you know, I mentioned this to those clients six or seven years ago. Of course they remember kind of how to engage with us and what our expectations are and how available we are and what's in scope and what's out of scope. And honestly, we all know That, yeah, we did mention that six or seven years ago, but they don't remember that. And this re-onboarding is a great way to just kind of level set everything and reset expectations. So also, if you're going through like a major client service model change, where maybe you're realigning like, okay, we've now got ABCD clients or, I don't know, platinum, gold, silver, bronze, whatever, you know, whatever your flavor is, however you define different segments of your book you do you I'm not worried about that but if we're re altering or we're realigning the service that we're going to be providing for people re-onboarding is a great opportunity to say like hey we were doing this and now we're doing that or we were doing that and we found that it wasn't very impactful so now we're doing x y and z hey, we were doing a plan update every year, but now we're going to switch to every other year because we're realizing that's a lot of work on your end client. And frankly, unless you're getting married, getting divorced, having a baby, switching jobs, there's not a whole lot that changes in a single year. So we're switching to a biannual format for updating your plans. And oh, by the way, here's our strategic plan to add value to you over the next couple of years in those off years. Here's what we're going to be doing in the years that we're not updating your, I don't know, Money Guide Pro or your NAVA plan or whatever. So again, just an opportunity to kind of level set everything, to step back and to really just kind of rebrand and reestablish yourself in your existing clients' minds. So your action item for this episode is really to kind of go back and really reflect over the last several years of your business. And whether it's just you by yourself or as a team, say, here's all of the stuff we've kind of added or updated or changed in the last four or five years. And we really need to sit down with our clients and go through all of that. And, you know, if we've added additional services or features or different platforms, making sure that they feel really comfortable with those platforms and how to access it and where to find their tax documents. And you know, I was just having this conversation with a different advisor, and we were building out his value ads for the next 24 months and saying, okay, in Q1 and Q3 of 2023, we're gonna do this, Q2 and Q4 of 2024, here's what we're gonna do in addition to your normal meetings. And here's how you're just gonna deliver so much value. And he was also going to be going through a fee increase, right? Because everything else is increasing around us. Inflation is everywhere. And it just made a lot of sense because he acquired his CFP. You know, he's restructuring, he's going to be doing and adding so much more value to his clients that it made sense for him to go through a fee increase. And part of that is like, hey, before you go through and increase fees, let's do a re-onboarding where you're kind of telling clients like, Hey, here's how we used to do things. And here's what I really want to do moving forward. And I'm really excited because I think the value it's going to bring to you client is pretty astounding. And I've added team members and we've added capacity and here's, you know, how we're going to be able to do that. And here's what you can expect from us over the next 12 to 24 months and this is all of the value-addy kind of stuff that we're going to be delivering. And oh, by the way, because we have this new structure in place, and because we know and we're really confident that we're going to be you know, doubling the amount of value and the doubling the amount of advice that we're going to be providing to you, that we are going to be going through a 15 basis point increase. And here's what that looks like. So re-onboarding can be... I feel like (laughs) literally just about anything. It could just be redoing this housekeeping. It could be, you know, telling people that you're switching niches and you're rebranding and like, really, here's what we're all about. Or, hey, we've, while we've increased capacity, we're really narrowing our focus of who we're working with. So while we appreciate all of the referrals that are coming in, we want to be very clear that we are focusing on clients who are five to 10 years out from retirement that are corporate executives, getting ready to make pretty big decisions about their compensation package and getting them aligned for retirement. So whatever your niche is, something like that, being able to just re-articulate that to your clients, redirect their focus, let them know how they can expect to work with you, how they can engage with you, what you've been up to, how you've been evolving. That's really the idea behind this re-onboarding. Okay, so I feel like I have sucked all of the oxygen out of the room on this and maybe beat it like a dead horse, but I hope you at least at a minimum consider some version, even if it's a really tiny itty bitty baby one of re-onboarding your clients next year. If you've been in the business for a while and you do know that your practice has changed and evolved and you're kind of like, you know what Libby, that does make sense. We have some of these older relationships that you know, came to us during kind of either like a different regime or it was a different time or a different focus or a different methodology, it's time to re-onboard and get everybody on the same page. And not only will you find that your client's expectations are, you know, now right-sized, they'll also be pretty excited about all of the stuff that you've been doing that they weren't paying attention to or were really just unaware of. And that was something that always kind of struck me when we sort of went through these re-onboarding phases is that your clients are excited when you're making improvements to your business because it impacts them in nothing but a positive way. So I encourage you to take a look at your 2023 value add schedule and really kind of figure out where would and a re-onboarding in some way, shape, or form makes sense for you. And I'd love to chat with you more about this out in the Efficient Advisor community. Holy smokes, we're almost 1,000 advisors in the community, and it's just super duper exciting. I've got to do something fun and special for whoever is advisor number 1,000, because that's just really, really fun. The group has been going, growing really rapidly. I love all of the community and involvement that's happening over there but I'd love to talk more about re-onboarding and happy to help you work through any language or what that agenda might look like or how do you actually go to market and deliver this onboarding or re-onboarding idea. So make sure you go back to episode number 44, all about the first 100 days of a client's experience with you. If you haven't heard that episode on, on regular traditional onboarding of new clients, make sure you go back and check that out. I'd love to connect with you over on LinkedIn or in the efficient advisor community on Facebook. And if this podcast has helped you, even in the teensy tiniest way, I would love, 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 love it if you left a five-star review over on iTunes. That helps the podcast, you know, pop on the pop on the charts. And oh, by the way, we are one of the most popular podcast for advisors. So thank you for listening and thank you for sharing this with other advisor friends. I'm super grateful. And it genuinely would mean a lot to make sure that the that these episodes are getting out to people that it can actually make a difference and, and an impact in their business. So I would greatly appreciate it if you would be willing to leave a review. And frankly, I love reading them. They make my heart so happy and it's so encouraging for me to know that this podcast is helping advisors take that one right next step in their business. So I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week and I'll be back on Thursday with ideas to implement.